Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fireteam Chat at Gamescom. It is a very special edition. I am here with Eric and Deej from Bungie. Thank Those you guys are, for joining. In fact, our names. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> that the right people are here from Bungie. You guys were the, the best. So thank you for coming out. I think we're the worst. <laughs> well, but it yeah. remains to be seen. Uh, so this is a very special edition. We're going to open the show up, talk to you guys, have you hang out. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be analyzing everything that came out this week with you guys sitting here. We'll do that after you leave behind your backs. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but You'll no, lots, nice things, though, so it's cool. Exactly. Lots of exciting stuff this week. But yeah, Destin and Sean will be joining just after this. Um, but let's hop right into it. I actually wanted to, you know, there's a lot of questions, but I, I kind of wanted to take a different tone for a moment and reflect for a moment. Um, it's been almost a year, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. About 10 months. Yeah. yeah. Getting very, so very nine now, yeah. Yeah, very close. I went the wrong way. That's the jet lag kicking in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eleven. Yes. Um, so, just a little history lesson. How many people worked on year one on Destiny? Oh wow, how many people worked on year one? So Roughly. That, yeah, the rough numbers are pretty tough because um, so so I came off of uh, ODST and Reach um, in 2010. We were about 150 people then. We moved into our new building, um, and people kind of rolled onto the project. So at different stages, different various stages, you had different amounts of people working on it. I think uh, the number that we've put out there is like 500. Wow. Right? Um, but mm-hmm. one of the unique things about Bungie is we have community people. Yes. We have our own localization team, mm-hmm. which most studios would use an agency for. We have about 150 QA testers, which normally would be a publisher resource, but we have them in-house because, yeah. because we have this thing that we're rolling on we don't Living, have like breathing yeah, game, yeah yeah like the, mm-hmm. the way most games work um and the way it's worked in the past for us like on halo is like you you build this huge qa team to ship right in the months leading up and then they all don't have anything to do after you ship for a while and yeah. so you use an agency to fill those roles yep. and then they go to whatever nintendo or they go to microsoft yeah. you have these people that like you like and they're your friends yeah. and they're really good uh workers but you lose them right they're qa so, marauders yeah sort of. i mean <laughs> destiny and uh, like basically makes that uh go away for us. So a large part of that number are people who we typically wouldn't have had before yeah. in development. That's amazing. I mean, that's a, that's bigger yeah. than a bunch of other game development teams just yeah. to QA it, but there's right. so much in this right. game, right? Yeah. Yep. And there's so many people at Bungie, like you were saying, that do something that a lot of studios would outsource. You know, we have an entire team working on Bungie.net and the companion application yeah, instead like of an external web dev firm. Yeah, it's we like have a, a motion BN capture team. team. We have people recording sound effects in our building. You know, yeah. everything is built from the ground up, from scratch, that goes into the game right in our studio. Uh, that puts us in a great position because if I go over and I have a conversation about, you know, some of the different ways in which we can support the forum conversation or clans or mobile tools, people can build that stuff right there in-house. They're players of the game. They understand the experience so they can support it with their own efforts. Uh, you know, the sound effects are all, you know, m- made from scratch, yeah. you know, like 
a portion of your sparrow, you know, is uh, the electric motor of, you know, Lorraine McLeese's zero motorcycle, you know, <laughs> so we're like, so we're wheeling an electric motorcycle into the studio and people are like, what are you doing? You can't bring that in here. It's like, <laughs> we're making sound effects for a vehicle. Oh, awesome. By all means then, you know, do that. Creepy audio engineers in the dark dragging like knives across cantaloupes. And right. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, sure. yeah exactly. Uh, making sounds for the game. Yeah. It's like, what'd you do today? I injected air into a mixture of cornstarch and water. It's like, yeah. that sounds gross. Oh, that, you know. that first time you walk up the stairs, you know, and you hear that wet smacking yes. sound of the hive. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be a really interesting uh, thing to talk about someday are some of the, like, sounds that have now become iconic as playing yep. the game and sure. what they really are. Yeah. That wet smacking sound, that's the iconic sound. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's it. the one yeah. I always remember that wet. Well, I can smack it into sound. it cornstarch, as far as I remember. <laughs> and, so. and compressed air. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a huge team, but I think that, you know, the players out there don't, really realize that you know well, like they, we know there's they, a lot they don't and shouldn't it. have to care right yeah, it's they like, should. like like the whole games is hard to make narrative is like yes. who cares right like somebody gave us money they want to have a fun experience the end right yeah well it's really hard making games real hard right you know of course it's yeah. fucking hard right yeah it's, it's, it <laughs> but the, but my point was that it's complex you know and it's yeah, like sometimes yeah. y well all the time you guys make changes and immediately the feedback comes back is like oh weren't you thinking about this and yeah. what about that but it seems fair to say there was a lot of people thinking about that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, obviously, we're trying to make stuff that we want to play, right? The the goal from the very beginning, you know, all the way up to Jason was like, what what what's what kind of experiences don't exist that we wish did, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of like could we mix, you know, like a game where you spend a ton of hours playing, you know, a single player narrative experience where you g gain a bunch of gear and loot and look like a total badass. But like, wouldn't it be cool if like there was another person there? Like you press the hill and like there's there's somebody else, or wouldn't it even be better if it was your friend, right? Yeah. And so those were you know, big big opportunities and, and big challenges, right? We've never done a game like this before, mm -hmm. um, and so every single time we make a release, it's like both a look back on like you know what did we do that we didn't enjoy, what can we lean into that we think is really working well, and how do we continue like building that both from our own perspective as mm -hmm. players, as we're playing the shit out of it, and from like the community feedback, you know, like mm -hmm. how do we prioritize things? What are the right experiences? So for me, it makes it super fun because like, I don't think anybody expected us to do like trials or prison. Yeah. We can just like defy expectations and do just these really fun things that are, are built from fan feedback, right? People wanted like an end game for PVP and they wanted better gear for PVP and they wanted a, you know, they would say like, hey, we'd like a, like a survival mode or a firefight like experience. Yeah. And so we can drive off those things, but do them in a really different way. Yeah. So that's a good segue into this. There's a theory out there, right, that, that the plan was set a long time ago, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, that yeah. this was supposed to happen and these yeah. are these expansions. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like, was House of Wolves, you know, something that really came out of feedback or development timelines, or had that yeah. been the plan for I, I, years? I can actually wind it back because I spent some time with the Dark Below team mm -hmm. post-launch, right? And that was really uh, hot on the heels of, of the first Destiny launch. And, like, Eris was conceived in a room after the game shipped. Hmm. Um, the storylines were up on the board and post-it notes and the quest systems and the quests and the names and the writing and all those activities were things that were being actively worked on by a team apart from uh, you know, the core Destiny experience uh, led by Ryan Ellis. Uh, mm -hmm. Same is said for, for House of Wolves. I think House of Wolves had the benefit of some time right beneath behind when we shipped and when we delivered it and i think you can see that in both the product reflecting a lot more player feedback and just the scope and scale of, of what's there and yeah. that's a credit to christopher barrett and his team who who led it who was the art director on the original pro project but it's also a testament just having more time and having a better understanding of what people want yeah 
Yeah, I think with a lot of things that happen in the development of Destiny, we have our own, uh, and we, when I say, you know, the designers, the art directors, the yeah. creators, um, have their own inspirations, they have their own vision, but we also have an opportunity to react to the player. You know, we have an opportunity to say, this is something we always wanted to do. I've got a great idea for where we can take this adventure and how we can infuse it with new activities and new themes. But now that we know our audience like we do, wouldn't they love it if we did this? You know, so it, it really is a partnership. You know, they're a part of our creative process. Any entertainer needs to know their audience. They need yeah. to understand what's going to make them happy and serve them. And, you know, having a community as vocal as the Destiny community and having immediate access to them at all times, be it on our website or an external website or comments on shows like this, mm -hmm. you know, it, it gives us perspective on how we can create something that will keep them playing and keep them entertained. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, it comes down to the individual level too, right? Like the people building the content or playing the content. So like House of Rules specifically, not only do we have the time, um, you know, to gauge feedback and react and build something that, that was really cool and really substantial. The art director, Christopher Barrett, like plays in a community clan, like a team Rezo. His dad plays the game. His dad's like 73 and has yeah. like 334s. I don't know if you ever played with Chris, but he plays a ton of the game, right? So. That also helps too, just like playing ourselves and understanding like, what can we do here? Like, like how can we make that better? And the, the narrative around like, it's all on disc and we have this like long-term plan is, is not something we actively try to combat. But I think if you look at the path of development, it's pretty clear that that's not the case. Like Petrovenge didn't exist until we turned our eye towards House of Wolves mm -hmm. well after launch, right? And the concept art didn't even exist for her. Um, hmm. And then you have, um, I had another train of thought going, but the, the jet lag is kicking in. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, 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 it's, um, there's, there's tons of work that goes into that content and the team wants to make sure that we are reacting to feedback, providing really cool experiences. Um, but it's always gonna be a little bit ahead, right? It's always yeah. in this nature of the live game. We always have to like sort of use our best instincts, look at the data, look at what players are doing and forecast a little bit forward. So, you know, looking through now all your releases, everyone's got a raid except House of Wolves. Looking at what um, we dropped a legendary. I did in the show. Um, looking for those of you just listening. By the way, they brought by these squishy uh, stress hey, stress anger. Get all your fate bringer anger out. That's right, ah, <laughs> exactly. Fate bringer. Uh, they brought them by in the show, and they're really cool. Um, but yeah, so House of Wolves didn't have a raid, but now everything else so far that we know of has it. Um, <laughs> do you think Prison of Elders was enough, you know, to really satisfy the community? Does the data show that? I personally. Like, the raids are so special, yeah. um, and it really felt like it was maybe more of a, you know, experiment versus time that you guys had, but in other words, do you guys feel like each release should have a raid? I mean, if you could have your way. Yeah, if I had a magic always, wand, I think yeah, that's that right. would be the case. Um, the reality is, is, like, the, the creative director gets to set what goes into the project, and, you know, we were reacting to a lot of endgame feedback about giving players more variety, specifically, um, you know, competitive mm -hmm. multiplayer, being able to bring something like Trials uh, takes time and energy and resources. Making something like Prison of Elders was a direct reaction to some of the, hey, can we get some end game matchmaking stuff that isn't as intense and yeah. isn't as demanding as a raid. Yeah. And so there, there's always a balancing act with mm -hmm. features. And like if you had a, a you know, we do keep a community wish list, but if you had the real one, it would be like, like, like you'd need more notebooks. Yeah, right? and, and so big. a lot of it is about <laughs> just saying like, what can we make, what should we make and how do we prioritize it? Um, uh, raids are near and dear to our heart, and they also take a lot of time yeah. to get right, right? So uh, the team is actively working on the next raid. They've been working on it for some time. 
Um, and we want to make sure that when we do roll raids out, they are special mm -hmm. and they aren't something that we just like, well, we had to hit the date for the raid. So I guess it's not as good as it could have been. Right. Yeah. So it, it's always a balancing act. Never I think it's a benefit and a challenge too that every single release of Destiny so far has had something about it that's been unique. And I wouldn't want to get our community into this complacent routine where it's like, well, I know exactly what to expect from Destiny. Every single release for Destiny should have X, Y, and Z. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think whatever <coughs> mood we find them in, you know, wherever we find ourselves with the project, we want to be able to iterate and experiment and try different things. Um, you know, does Prison of Elders stack up against a raid? Um, you know, one-to-one, -one. not necessarily, but if you add Trials of Osiris and if you add a lot of the extra cool stuff we did, like visiting, revisiting some of those old raid spaces throughout the story. Yeah, um, cool. You know, yeah, it would just, I think um, <clears throat> every time we say, here's a big release of Destiny content, it should be packed full of surprises. And it's an opportunity for people to kind of get reacquainted with the player experience all over again. Uh, you know, Taken King is a good example of that because it's a reflection of everything that we've learned about this product uh, over the course of year one. So, you know, we don't want to, you know, like I've said a few times, there's really no playbook that we can use. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there isn't an ingredient, you know, like a, a recipe for this is what destiny is. It's going to change. Sure. It's going to adapt to, you know, what the players say to us and how they spend their time in the game and what player data tells us. Um, I've heard from a lot of players that say, you know, I never got to really feel like I was part of the Destiny Endgame until House of Wolves came out, you know, and I got yeah. to matchmake into Prison of Elders and I got to play with some of, you know, the people who were playing raids and now they're playing Prison of Elders with me or I go into Trials of Osiris. So, mm -hmm. you know, we shake it up. We don't let people sit still. We're not being complacent. We don't want the community to be either. Yeah. yeah, it seemed to me with House of Wolves uh, and the Prison of Elders, one of the goals, and you even had released data, right, there were only a certain amount of people that got into the raid, mm -hmm. and rightly so, right? Six mm -hmm. people, there's no matchmaking, yeah. you've got to have, you know, the Galahorn because you're on LFG and all of the elitist stuff that <laughs> happens there. Sure. But um, was that was one of the goals, I assume, of, of Prison of Elders and House of Wolves. Um, you know, one, maybe you can comment on that, but two, what is maybe the biggest thing right now that you are trying to improve uh with destiny period like are you trying to just you know have the audience play more hours or is it more about you have too many people that only play a little bit and they leave you know what i mean what's the biggest thing you're trying to solve yeah. with the design well, the hours thing is weird i think we were shocked and, and taken aback by how much time people were putting into the game and i don't think that's it's never been a I was goal too. it's never been a goal of ours to, to to you know just get time right it doesn't really matter like if somebody leaves and they're happy great right yeah. if, you, if you come in um, and I think that would touch on the goals of the Taken King. Like if you come in and you play the story and, and that's all you do, we want you to walk away and going, that was great. Right? Yeah. I had a really great time. I can, I can put that away or do whatever you want with yeah. it, right? Or if I just come in and play the story and then get some crucible time in or mm -hmm. check out the new strikes, oh, weren't those really fun, right? Um, so we didn't expect people were going to play Battlestar, you know, 500 times. Yeah. And of course it's going to be repetitive, right? And yeah. we could do some things now to try to make that a little more variable as you play through, you know, reacting to that. but. And when we look at like hours, like like mm -hmm. where what people are sort of investing their time in, the goal is also not to like hit a hundred percent or some metric. Like raids are a very specific activity for a very specific type of player, and we're not trying to throw players into a raid that don't want to have it, right? And so, both of these speak to two pillars that we have compatible with real life. When you be able to play it as a hobby, when you want to play it. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to play it, that's great. Like you, you don't have to feel like you're being left behind. You can come back in a week later, a month later, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and the other one is to have activities for every mood. And that's really about like, you might be omnivorous and play everything, 
I might be a story guy. Mm-hmm. He might be a crucible guy. He's not. He's terrible, right? Pretty but, bad. But but, but, but like all three <laughs> of those players should be able to enjoy something in Destiny. All three of those players should be able to interact and see each other in the world and check out their gear. And when you walk through the tower, there's this really cool fantasy of like, I see you like head to toe in your Trials of yeah. Osiris gear. And I'm like a PvE guy. And I'm like, holy shit, where did he get that? Yeah. Right? And I can inspect you and go like, oh. Yeah. Hey, buy a yeah. guy a drink first. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. But is, you know, do you have a particular design goal right now with Taken King? I, I mean, I hear a lot about refining, making simpler, yeah. more obvious. Yeah, that must more come rewarding, from something. You know, the, the time over and over again, I think if you were to boil the feedback down to its basic element, people are, would say, I want you to respect the time I spend in this game. Uh, and so we want people to when they come in and play in the Taken King, everything that you do now contributes to you know the leveling up process. You're obviously acquiring more powerful weapons and more powerful gear, you know, and that makes you more powerful as a character. But in terms of how do I reach the max level in this? How do I reach level 40? You know, the things that you do in the game, playing missions, killing enemies, you know, completing bounties, it all contributes to that. So mm-hmm. it's not a question mark anymore. You know, I like the fact that we're doing that. Um, the designers, you know, certainly have their own goals, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, feed off of that because we support the player. Um, you know, in terms of being community managers, uh, we have our own design goals. You know, we have uh, an experience to support and sustain on Bungie.net, you know, and, uh, you know, with additions to our team, sort of a renewed focus on working with the Bungie.net team. You know, I'd love for the recruitment forum to be uh, more of an active structured, focused place where we're leading by example, showing people how to form up into clans, shining a spotlight on different clans on Bungie.net, because anybody who wants that clan nameplate yeah. in a game, they need to maintain a group on Bungie.net. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the largest of which is the IGN group. That's right. So, uh, Max capacity. Exactly. You know, and, <laughs> and, you know, I've been a fan of and a member of clans for a long time, and I know that there's a stigma around it. People see them as elitist. People mm-hmm. see them as exclusive instead of inclusive. There's a, an emotional barrier to entry there. But the more you get to know the people uh, who are you know, welcoming new recruits into their clans, and the more you see these people as helpful and friendly, you know, and we've got a welcome mat out in front of our private group, I'd love to sustain more of a conversation there because I think that's the solution to a lot of the problems that the community would describe for themselves. You know, if I had sort of like a high council of overlords on Bungie.net who would go into the recruitment forum or tackle anybody on their forum is like, I think we should have matchmaking for raids, you know, and it's like, I'm recruiting for my clan. We raid every Tuesday night. What's up? Yeah. That's one of the reasons we brought Cosmo on from, from you know, mm-hmm. the subreddit so we can focus a lot more time and attention on our own house and Bungie.net and figuring out how we can yeah. manage that and, and put more resources there. Um, so since you brought it up, <laughs> so since you brought it up, how do you reach level 40? Uh, there is still a lot of confusion. So what yeah. you've said so far is... Shoot stuff. That's right. Hit stuff. You can get 40, but the big people are wondering, do I get reset to level 20? I've got the message that, okay, you're deciding what level you get sort of set at depending on where you're at. But if I had to say you got reset to level 20, I'd just like rip the headset off. You can confirm that that won't happen. Correct. So whatever, whatever. So right now there's this concept of uh, level and there's this concept (laughs) of light level, right? And it's a little bit confusing and there's this weird moment that happens in the game where you kind of transition, if you want to call it that. I think it's probably generous. You kind of like run face first into the brick wall and you go, oh, light. Here's a piece of armor, right? And so um, the concept of light is not going away, but the level system is separated from it. And so Mm -hmm. uh, when you're shooting things and getting experience, that's what's fueling your 
uh, level, and that's a number that will show. And if you're a 32 or a 34, that's what's going to show when you start up the yeah. Taken King for the first time. The light system is something we're actually going to go really in-depth on because we know it's an important topic, but it's nuanced, and there's a lot of detail there uh, around it and the armor and the new armor slots. Have you seen, like, artifacts or ghost stuff? Oh, there's, there's numbers on the ghosts. Like, we're going to go hmm. through all of that stuff on Twitch to make sure that we're having that conversation directly with our community, answering their questions because <laughs> they're going to have a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, and course, really showing, yeah. you know, really, really getting out there and, and having that conversation. It worked really well for us in terms of House of Wolves. It was really successful in terms of, like, being able to talk to them directly, right? I think we've got this really interesting uh, thing that's happened in that in the past, we always would uh, have like these singular conversations, right? And just speak to everybody at once, bungee.net, yeah. Twitter. And now we've got this really crazy engaged layer that's like, like permeated everything. Like when I sit and talk to you, you're not like, tell me about the campaign missions and the strikes and right. how many crucible maps. You, like, you don't even ask that question, yeah. right? That's wow. what you would have asked. But I mean, that's what you would have <laughs> asked like straight away, like yeah. two years ago or three years ago or with most games. You want to know about light level, and mm -hmm. you want to know about yeah, how you earn. Yeah, granular. Now. You're, you're part of the engaged community, right? That's that's it's new for us, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking though of missions, we, will, will we get more hours perhaps out of uh, the Taking Kings missions? Like I noticed with House of Wolves, there was a real step forward there. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Can you at least say that we'll get more hours you, you, out of that, more, or more, more times than what? Then uh, we got <laughs> that, that perhaps the campaign. The, the, the story, the story should feel much more substantial. I think the story is going to feel a lot more novel. I think you're going to get a lot more uh, cinematic moments, both mm -hmm. in terms of the actual cinematics and the things that are happening in the mission. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a lot more characters uh, speaking to you in the game mm -hmm. and being realized. So, yeah. you know, if you ever wondered what happens in the, the Hall of Vanguards when you're away, mm -hmm. we might be able to paint a okay. scene in there to give you. A little bit of insight into like Cade Six or like drama you know, at the Vanguard. Drama at the Vanguard, absolutely. <laughs> so, so th those are those are um, things that we'll definitely bring into the campaign. And I know uh, Luke Smith has talked about this a bunch, but you know, we we have that campaign. We want people to, to play it and be really satisfied. But it's not the end all, be all of our mission. So we're gonna have a, a wealth of quests in the aftermath, which sort of am amount to what we're calling the Taken War. So you'll transition out of the story after confronting Oryx. And your quest log will just open up, and you'll have all these new avenues to go out in the world and have very much story-like missions that you can hmm. go and explore that all culminate and lead to the end game. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, I think so. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know yet, so I guess I'll have to wait and see. Um, let's talk value for a moment, because that was a very big topic when you guys announced the price yeah. of the Taken King. Mm -hmm. We're getting a lot closer, right? Before, it was like, well, look, we have more to announce. Mm -hmm. I feel like you guys have announced a lot, so... Mm -hmm. You know, what makes the Taken King worth twice as much as Dark Below, if I had to put it in those terms? Because Dark Below has a raid, yep. okay, yep. this has a raid. Can you speak more to what makes, you know, that sure. valuable? Sure, like, like, I can maybe let each talk a little bit too, but no, you've got, you've uh, got this. I'm not going to. Uh, so yeah, a full campaign, I think people are going to uh, enjoy the, the cinematics, the characters, the missions. We're taking you to, you know, the Dreadnought, to Phobos, up into colony ships. Nathan Fillion's talking to you. Lance Reddick's yeah. talking to you. It, 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 it's, it's good stuff. Um, but how do you describe that there's more? Because that's what, yeah, right? Yeah. Because so, we're, yeah, so, you know. Sure. So, um, uh, this is seven the eternal challenge. Yeah. So you want, it like, is, the numbers, like, the, the box, like, the back of the box stuff? So, um, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's fine. No, I just mean, like, how do you... Uh, because, right, like, it's hard to put a price on anything, really, right? You got, yeah, 500 people making a game, and you put all this time in it, and it's, you know, yeah. that's how you would maybe break down value, right, is, like, going into how much you spent on it, and then... Oh, you mean, but like the point per is, individual, how do you get to their value equation? Their no, bar? but I just mean, like, the point is, Dark Below, you guys decided it was 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, 
now you've got well, something that yeah you guys decided much i make all the decisions that's twice as much so <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the the reaction yes. is oh it's twice as much so i, I don't think how do you describe I, I that i don't that? have any trouble saying that the taken king is well more than twice as much content as the okay. dark below um, i think people are going to be pretty i don't want to oversell it right i want to yeah, set sure. expectations properly but but for me playing it um it, it's uh, a really great experience the story's great there's seven crucible multiplayer maps there's three brand new strikes and they're the best strikes we've delivered to date there's a lot of variety in them they're really fun we've got the dreadnought which is not just a big new destination to explore it's really deep and layered there's tons of like little hidden secrets and things you can collect that might take the community half as long as we probably perceive they will to figure out but riddles and clues and stories and quests and quest logs yeah. and more guns and more gear than we delivered and exotics and like um, uh, we've got three revised strikes that are existing D1 strikes, but with the Taken infused in them to change them up for the first time. Nice. Uh, we've got the raid. We've got uh, a bunch of stuff we aren't talking about, but will about our end game content. But so I mean, there's still I, more every player has to make their own value pitch. And I hate you know coming out and feeling like I'm doing the sales pitch, like a ShamWow kind of thing. But no, like, I mean, like I think in terms of like if if you put you know like and, <laughs> and it's also like I don't want to belittle the work of the guys who worked on the Dark Below, right? It's a it was a different time and a different world in that product. Uh, they're proud of it, and I want to make sure that, you know, we're not saying, like, oh, that was just, like, this little piece of content. I think there was some some substantive fun stuff in there, and it's led us down a really great path, too. Like, the Eris quest lines have birthed what you saw in House of Wolves and will birth the next sort of iteration on that content for the Taken King. So, I mean, one of the pieces of feedback we got in our recent studio playtest was that so many new quests appeared in your log after the, you completed the story that people were overwhelmed. And I think that's... Uh, something will solve the, the way it's conveyed to you, but there's a lot of stuff to do. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, the community... It's awesome value. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hard to put a number on it, and, like, you know, for some people, it's going to feel like a $60 game. You know, they've never played it. Well, it will be for some people, but, yeah. if you, you know, the point is, it, like, yeah. it is a, it's a second-year release, um, and just because it's on a persistent world, there's this feeling that there's a lot of old stuff in it, but... You know, yeah, it sounds it's, like it's, with like, the it's like everything. It's like it's new, right? So like yeah. describing it to somebody, a lot of times it's like it, like like I can't remember who I was talking to, but it's like, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay and, and and play until I hear from a friend. It's like great, yeah. Like go out there and, and get information and get knowledge, and like we'll we'll tell you what's in it. We'll give you trailers. We'll do Twitch stuff, and if that doesn't convince you, ask then a friend. Hey, ask that's you right. guys. You guys, you know, like yeah, you guys I know. chat about it, and talk about it. yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, okay, that's fair. That's great. Um, so maybe just take a step back again to reflecting on it. It's you know almost been a year. Like, what is what makes it special? You know, maybe but whether what have you seen that makes it special? But to you guys, like to to have an example, like definitely yeah. the community side. You know, I find myself like it's just I'm hopping into a strike so I can just talk to my friends. But yeah, sure, it's got that core experience that's just so solid that you know it turns into this community aspect of just hanging out. And then also for me the it's just so polished, you know, games like this normally don't come so polished, and the gunplay, mm. you know, just the little animations, the graphical touches, for me, um, th that's what makes it special to me, you know, in the gunplay, but I'm curious for you guys what yeah. stands out well, to we're you. We're always talking about, you know, community stories. You know, we, we said so many times before the game launched that your own personal story is going to be the most meaningful part of this game. You know, um, we were at Gamescom last year and we were trying to explain to people what Destiny was. You know, some of them knew because they took a few first steps in the beta. But over the course of the past 10, 11 months, we've seen the emergence uh, of this new community. Uh, you know, people who are, you know, 
old veterans on Bungie.net are sort of, you know, shocked <laughs> even, you know? They were like, this, you know, we, there's been a gold rush under this forum and like nobody knows who we are, you know? It's like, you <laughs> know. Married, eh? Yeah, exactly. We, we really have seen sort of new blood infuse our community. Uh, they've come from so many different types of games. Destiny means different things to them for so many different reasons. And, you know, whereas last year people would come up and say, you know, what is a public event going to feel like? How's that going to yeah. work? How are you going to interrupt my mission and you're going to make me have like a multiplayer match? Like, what are you doing? You know, it was, it didn't, yeah. we, there was no proof of concept for this. And yeah. we keep doing that to ourselves <laughs> to an extent, you know? It's like, so what are you doing now? And what's the value? And why should I be excited about this? It's like, yeah, we're doing something totally different now. So let's go back to the drawing board and talk yeah. to you about what destiny is now. Yeah. But that's also great. It was like I was saying before, you know, we don't want to rest on our laurels and just keep spitting out the same thing. Mm -hmm. We want to say, here's our next idea for what this should be. But the community knows what the game is now. Last year, we were talking to basically a Bungie fan club that was looking forward to buying something. Yeah. You know, it was a very salesy type relationship. Now it's, uh, you know, they're very engaged. They're deeply invested, yeah. you know, and it's like, we understand that you have vast holdings in a vault and we would like to talk to you about, you know, it's almost like, you know, like our first Twitch stream is going to feel almost like an investor relations call. You know, yeah. it's like gather around guardians. We're going to talk about what we have planned for the next quarter. It's true, and, yeah. um, you know, but that's uh, an interesting dichotomy because these people are so deeply engaged. They have sense of, such a sense of ownership in this game. You know, they are citizens of that city. And, you know, that's why when we talk to them, you know, we do like to sort of sustain that theater, you know, to call them guardians, you know, and to make them feel as if, you know, this is not just a community, it's sort of like a shared civilization in their imaginations. Um, and to have them tell us their stories this time at Gamescom is awesome. You know, people run up to me and like talk to me about, I play this game with my wife and it's brought us closer together. Yeah, you know, I, I joined a, a clan. I've never been in a clan before. I thought they were dumb, but now these people are my best friends. You know, those sorts of things are well, what yeah, I an think. elderly couple come in and do an interview. Dude, yeah, this guy. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah, this yeah. guy, this guy was, this guy was like older than my parents and he came in, you know, and you know, it was like, you know, he's dialed into the community. He's reading our forum. You know, he understands like, the social meta among the people that play the game. Uh, this guy was... His wife was just sitting there just, beaming yeah, at just, his just side. Yeah, just looking, <laughs> looking adoringly at him, you know? I mean, it was just like you, the, you never know who you're going to meet yeah. through Destiny. I, I, I think unexpected is a great word. Uh, somebody asked me earlier today to describe Destiny in one word, and I, I was, you know, tired and sick. <laughs> and I feel, but I think unexpected is, like, a great word, right? Like, all around for... for yeah. and, and it's unexpected to sit here and have someone ask me, like, Let's ref what do you what do you think of when you reflect on year one like that that's pretty cool right and yeah. I have people who are like you know, let's talk about the iconic weapons in the game after like less than a year like that's pretty cool like and that was a big goal for us is it like let's build a world players wanted to be in and could value and treat as a hobby and share with other people and I think everything that can be said about criticism and it's all fair and it's all stuff that we listen to like I feel like we've we've had a pretty good first year I feel like I'm I'm you know I definitely am not responsible for most of the stuff but I'm pretty <laughs> proud of the team and the oh, stuff yeah. that we've done and yeah. and you know, how we get out there and, and 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 just deliver you know not just what we want but listening to the community because they now have heritage they own a piece of this like yeah. that's what a community is it's not an audience mm -hmm. they own it right yeah if like Deej said they're so invested now they have thousands of hours in some cases yeah. Yeah. and that's why it means so much to them and why they're so vocal with all of their feedback absolutely have to, yeah it's a nice problem to have well and people are <laughs> in our studio too you know I'd, some people will talk to me and they'll say 
you know, I'm glad that you, you know, come to the forum or I'm glad you come to, you know, this website, um, you know, uh, thank you so much for reading all this feedback. I know it must be really hard to read the feedback sometimes. It's like this isn't anywhere near as brutal as some of the internal email strings that you'll <laughs> see at Bungie. You know, I mean, we have people who are just as invested. They go home every night after looking at this game, after, you know, creating this game, and they go home at night and they fire up their, you know, own personal console and they play it. And they come in the next day and they jump into those email strings, you know, and they debate the experience with each yeah. other. Cool off from a hard day at work, working on Destiny by going home and playing Destiny. Playing some Destiny, yeah, right? Come uh, back in the next morning and rage about Destiny. Do. Get back to working on Destiny. It's just I know. I haven't played another game. It's very sad. Yeah, it's very it's amazing. Time. I've you know I've, I've not played a game this much uh, in as long as I can remember. You know, and I tell people that all the time. I'm like, I, it was unexpected. Yeah, like I thought. I, yeah, I was just like a Bungie fan, and I thought I can't wait to see this world that they've been talking about. And then next thing I know, like people were like, why aren't you coming out this weekend? Like, I'm like a single bachelor in San Francisco, and I'm like, uh, I'm just going to stay in a little tired. And That's then right. I'm up till 4 a.m. playing, you know, you're uh, trying to you're get relaxing. <coughs> yeah, and it, it, down. It, well, I was relaxing. <laughs> um, so we are going to wrap things up very shortly here. I have awesome. one uh, quick, tough question, and then we're going to end quick, on a high one. note. Oh, so we got to go, right? Yeah, yeah right. You know, look at the time. It. Yeah, all back to getting the signal okay, over here. It. Let's go. Um, no, it's not too bad. This is a very common topic that's come up. Can I ask Dedicated <laughs> servers. You know, oh. Halo yeah. 5, Call of Duty, you know, this is yep. so important to the, the fans out there. Uh, will we get dedicated servers with Destiny, with Taken King? I mean, if, uh, not with the Taken King, with King, but if you're specifically talking about, like, like, iron, like the actual server equipment, we have millions of dollars of dedicated yeah. servers running the everything from your guardian right sure like when you when you snap open your window and like everything pops up that's it's that's like off it's all running off our servers so. we have a military grade uh secret location database yes. that has insane amount of hardware yeah. so um so maybe it's that more, said like, yeah. like we definitely hear and i think the question is much more about investing specifically in crucible right yeah there's there's some work we can do there and we are absolutely uh, rolling out some new networking features under the hood for the taken king okay to help with a lot of that um uh, you know our matchmaking team is constantly making improvements and maybe that's a matter of, uh, of us talking about that a little bit more but i, I yeah. think at the end of the day though it's really like am i getting lag in the crucible or not right it is yeah exactly. it's, it's really <laughs> like trials say, at this say point. all you want you know yeah. you're on yeah. your eighth <clears throat> win and all of a sudden Absolutely. some guy's dragging you down yep. and then it's like that's yep. where suddenly the community's like yep. ah and, why and are there, they fixing there are this? definitely things we can do with hardware there are definitely things we can do with our own matchmaking technology and and what we do there one thing we'll never be able to solve is like what happens between your house and your isp or that isp like we were at gamescom yesterday and we had a, an hour of outage and our guys are, are amazing they like yeah. got in touch with the isp found out what was going on routed around a backbone then got yep. another like hit back at our u.s server so then they went around that and like filtered ips <laughs> so like we can see this stuff matrix going stuff. on it's matrix i don't even know what's <laughs> going on it's matrix type stuff um, uh, and we make a lot of those refinements yeah. under the hood. Like we've reached out to college campuses and helped them upgrade their configurations on their routers. <laughs> like we've talked yeah. to ISPs and said, hey, you're filtering this, this traffic in a certain way and it's causing mm -hmm. some problems. Can we get a little, little love over here? So yeah. we even go to that length. But um, okay. but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the point, like you guys obviously have a big infrastructure there. You have a big team. Yep. I would say it, maybe it is just talking about it more. You guys are actually very good with that. Like yep. you're never one to back down from, hey, I agree with you. We need more vault space. Yeah. We're not talking about it yet per our last interview. It that sounds, sounds like, like a big promise to but, make, Deej. But oh, 
you guys are, te you tend to be more open about stuff. And I would say on the dedicated service side, it's like you, you basically are agreeing, right? Like yeah. you can, we can make those improvements, right? Um, yeah, we're constantly looking to improve that experience and monitoring it. So like the data we get on that stuff is, is you know, huge. Like we're getting reams of data on yeah. these types of errors and these types of errors. And that's why those, da those, those errors are segmented. So with, you know, so much explicit, like, you know, fruit yeah. names and animal names, the yes. zoological stuff. And right. That's so we can pinpoint exactly what's happening and go after it, right? So our, I mean, we do do updates in our, uh, you know, what's up doc stuff in the BWU yeah. about those specific things, mm -hmm. but maybe we can be a little louder. Maybe we'll uh, roll uh, Luis out. Yeah. Why but not? it sounds like, the, okay, there's some networking improvements that are coming yep. with taking Absolutely. King. So every day, I mean, every time, yeah. every time we, every time we take destiny offline for maintenance, you know, a lot of people, but I want to play. It's like, yes, but you're also talking to us about how you want it to be more stable and how you want it to work better. You know, like we're, we're thrilled yeah. you want to play, which is yeah. why we're taking it offline. Yeah. Maintenance it's, is good. You know, yeah, but we I, have to I, take I think we get the nail on the head though. It's like, it's, it's it, right now it's, it's trials and iron banner because they've yeah. become so popular and they've become so populated that you're seeing more of it. Right. And it's become more important. The stakes are so the high. The stakes are a lot is, higher. Yeah. Right. So like across the board, you know, we, we have our outages and we have our downtime. It's another thing I'm pretty proud of with the yeah. team with, a lot of other experiences don't stand up at launch, and we had a lot of people come in and yeah, and, and you know, for exactly. the most part, we've been yeah, we've it's been, been great. Good. Yeah, it's been great. Okay, so uh, I just want to end on what has been your biggest moment in playing the game, and I'll give you mine. Okay, um, I was it must have been around like Christmas of last year. You know, uh, I was in Vault of Glass hard. And it, it just was like my first or second time in there, actually. But I got with the crew who had been through it a lot. And yeah. an incredible drop. And it was like that time in the game where you, I like almost jumped up out of my seat on the couch, you know, and screamed like, ah, I got like Vex. I got Atheon's epilogue. I got the helmet. I got it all at once. Um, but I remember that moment. And that to me is something that makes Destiny special. And it's actually chasing the gear, which is why, you know, I'm looking forward to taking King. I want that feeling again of chasing this amazing stuff yeah. yep. where I feel like it's diminished a little bit. There's so many yep. weapons. You reroll all this stuff. But yep. less about that topic and more. Do you, do you have a moment like that that you could share? Um, Yourself? Yeah, I've talked about this before, but the moment for me was actually during development. So I came into the Halo experience as a huge fan, but I came in late and I wasn't there at the foundation of it. So for me, it was like, sitting for the first time and seeing Jason talk about what we were going to do for the next whatever, right? And just hearing how he talked about it and just knowing, like, I want to do that, right? And then in terms of gameplay, it was the first time I was just tooling around in a dev build and heard machine gun fire and turned, and there's Andreas Jenkins, the guy I work with, running by, and we just kind of went and just went huh. and had a little adventure together, and I was like, I saw that written down on paper, but that was pretty fucking awesome, right? Yeah. That's cool. And those are the moments that continue to be what makes, you know, th that's the catalyst for my play now is like, who's online? What are they doing? Let's play some games together, right? Cool. Do you have a moment like that? Absolutely. Each? I mean, I, I, it's hard to narrow it down to just yeah. one. You know? Was it the, um, uh, the Prison of Elders reveal? The Prison of Elders reveal where I showed, yeah, no. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, Live production, right? <laughs> I was in the tower one time and I left my controller idle. And I came out of the game room, you know, like cracking open a fresh beer, you know, and I'm talking to Not my wife. And uh, so uh, she follows me back into the game room and she sees my character standing there in the tower. And there are five people seated on the lawn <laughs> yeah. around my character. And she goes, oh, my God, what are they doing? <laughs> you know, and, and bless her heart. I mean, God love her. She puts up with me because she doesn't play games at all. You know, she watches classic films. And I go, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know if they're still there at their controller. And so I, I put my character into a dance. And then they all pop up and they start dancing. And she's like, wow, look at that. You know, and then, uh, I accept a party invite and they say, do you want to come on a raid? You know, and it's like, 
you know, let's yeah, go, let's you know, it. we go into the vault of glass. I mean, that was like almost six months to nine months ago. And, um, but like just a couple of weeks ago, we actually, um, you know, we got a call from Lance Reddick, who voices uh, Commander Zavala. Yeah. And uh, he, he plays the game. He's pretty really? good at the wow, game. That's awesome. But he had never been into the vault of glass. So we're wow. like, we'll take Lance Reddick on his first raid. And uh, I was like, hey, can, can I call you, can I call you Zavala? <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah, and so, you know, and you're playing with a Titan who's voiced by Commander Zavala, you know, oh, and I'm like, awesome. I'm like, copy that, Commander. Zavala, over here, stay close to me, you know, and then, you know, like, he swoops in, you get a fist of havoc, he's like, I got, <laughs> the, I got these guys, boom, you know, and orbs fly in the air, and I'm like, I, it's like, this is, the, this is the best NPC I've ever played with, this is amazing, <laughs> you know, like, the AI here is so interactive. You That's know? funny. So, yeah, taking Zavala on a raid was Pretty trippy, pretty surreal. That's pretty cool. I actually yeah. know Morla, Heiress. Uh, so oh yeah, I should, yeah. I should see if she'll raid with me. I sure. never thought Absolutely. about that, but that'd Absolutely. be a lot of fun to play yeah. with the In this chamber, well. we will find Crota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Take Eris on a raid. Your right? Red, way better than your Morla. Yeah. Step into the wool with the cabal. <laughs> that nice. nice. Exactly. Yeah, nice. Now do it like it's, you have a head cold. Yeah, exactly. You need, it needs to be more up there. His voice <laughs> is so awesome. Yeah, you guys have chose some really great voices. Yeah, can't wait to see how Nolan works out. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward I think he's to it. He's great. Well, we're yeah. pretty excited. Oh, he's great. Yep, yep. Like every that's the thing with Nolan. He's in so many games, and you're like, oh, isn't he just going to be Drake again? And it's like, no. Like he's just got such a great voice. You, yeah. you want to listen to more of him. So yeah, every time you ever see that thread pop up, like, oh, he just does Drake, and you get the reel that pops up, and people are like, oh shit, this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So I can't wait. All right, well, thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for uh, having this us. This very special episode of Fireteam Chat. We're going to talk more about everything you guys announced this week, so everybody else, be sure to catch the second part of Fireteam Chat. And uh, do you want to actually let everybody know where to find you um, on Twitter or otherwise before we go? At Bungie. <laughs> and you? It, the, at Bungie's the oh, way to go. Okay. I'm, I'm at you don't do your personal. He's at e Well, uh, we're used to doing that. Yeah. You can find me at Fran Mirabella. And we'll be continuing the show, so stay tuned, everyone. Thanks. Well, you guys wanted it. You're getting it today. We have a one-hour special Gamescom episode for you. We're continuing the episode now with Fran Mirabella. Hi, yeah, friend. what's up? Sean Finnegan. Hello. You guys are back. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about uh, the legendary weapons that are going to be left behind. We're going to talk about the new light system a little bit and how we maybe think it might work or we want it to work. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hit on uh, Dinklebot and how we feel about him. All right. Yeah. And we possibly, feel and possibly some vault space stuff. Yeah. See where we go. There was a lot of announcements this yeah. week. So. There's a lot to go through. Let's start with legendary weapons. So... All the year one legendaries are going to be pretty much obsolete when the taking not obsolete but that's what we're here to no talk longer about as will they will yeah. they or won't they well what do you guys think and they've said well for clarity mm -hmm. they've said that you will not be able to upgrade you know or however it will work bring those into the year two strength and power and so there's going to be a whole new set of weapons yeah and they've just kind of said well there's going to be a ton of new weapons and we want you to use them but mm -hmm you'll still have opportunities to use your legendaries. Yeah, from the get-go, they've said that uh, this Taken King expansion is going to be the largest induction of weapons since Vanilla Destiny, so we have to imagine that there's a slew of new things out there to explore and things that are going to be very different and powerful in awesome ways. And uh, I think part of the design there was kind of letting go of those weapons that you had come to, become, uh, had come to use all the time. Mm -hmm. 
They don't I'm, want they don't want you relying on like one thing. They want you to try out the new stuff. Sure. I think. I, I think it's as simple like look, this is until we use them, mm-hmm. we're not gonna know. And the way I had put it is that House of Wolves has kind of lured us into this feeling of like oh, there's all these new weapons that I don't care about. Like, there's a few <laughs> yeah, in there, right? Yeah. But you have this feeling of like, oh, there's more, but all you're doing is using your Galahorn yeah. and your Icebreaker and your Fatebringer mm-hmm. and your Hawkmoon, and all of that was there on day one. So now 365 unless days later, you're on roughly. Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, unless you're on Xbox. Then you're just getting, uh, you'll get your Hawkmoon soon. Yeah. But, my, you know, you get the point, right? That all the special weapons yeah. are from super long ago. So let's talk, so about, the, let's talk about the Hawkmoon thing for a second. They're going to get Hawkmoon. I guess that's an exotic. So yep. that can be upgraded. So, yeah, yeah, exotics don't really factor into this. In fact, yeah. most of the focus now for people is on, instead of chasing that last-minute Fatebringer or Black Hammer, which we know now that... Uh, well, you know, you're not really going to be able to bring them with you in terms of mm-hmm. upgrading their power. And we've got a confirmation from Deej very, on this very stage yeah. a couple hours ago, or maybe yesterday. Yeah. I don't remember when that it was. doesn't matter when it was. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, etheric light is going away. Yep. It is not hap- it's not a thing anymore. That's the second time they've abandoned an upgrade path. They did with the Dark Below, and then they're... Sure. Now they're I think they're learning a lot light. about... It's too freaking complex, you know? Yeah. you got all this different stuff. They've definitely, for Taken King, that is the message. It's getting narrower in the complexity simpler, yeah. to just mm-hmm. do stuff, like... But those exotics, you know, those are going to be unaffected. They want exotics. Uh, I mean, part of the design philosophy of exotics was that they should feel special and powerful, and yeah. that's not changing. And so that's the priority now is I'm leveling up my hard light to finish that out right after that. It's Vex Mythic class, which I got yep. only a month ago. That's a good Man. one. But yeah, so I mean, th- which legendaries are you going to miss the most if you had to pick three? Obviously, Vapebringer, right? Yeah. Vapebringer, I, I had this discussion many times with Fran. I think Vapebringer is not just the best... not just the best pve hand cannon out there but maybe the best pve primary in general Mm -hmm. like i think it's that good brand you were starting to say something well no i'll come back to that it's sort of the reasoning behind this is still i think to be discussed but uh, yeah what am i gonna miss i don't know that that i will yet and that was what i was getting at was like Hmm. they need to introduce all these new special weapons but you have to chase them and so as i was just talking to them if you listen to part one it was about for me what makes destiny really so much fun and why I've actually trailed off in playing it, I like to chase this gear, to finally get it, to finally upgrade it and feel that new power. Oh, yeah. And now that I've had a lot of that, like, sure, I like playing prison all, but it feels like I'm not chasing mm-hmm. that at the end of the rainbow that there's something. You've got a and, plateau. Right. Yeah, and so, so, yeah, maybe going back to my, other, my point I was making is they need to recreate that because they've really exhausted with so many weapons and as much as you love your fate bringer think about a 10-year experience here that they're building you, yeah. know, you can't have a hundred awesome fate bringer-esque type weapons mm-hmm. right or, or nothing special at all yeah and so i think what we're going to see is yes they're like it's tough love you're gonna have to abandon some of these legendaries the exotics are still going to be special yeah. but even on that think of think of down the road having all those exotics and it's like oh maybe i'll use my plan c or this special fusion or who knows how they'll balance that stuff but i think that's important to remember here is that you feel like something's being taken away from you. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I really hope, and that's why I brought up House of Wolves, there's a bunch of stuff that I just didn't care about. But yeah. I hope in this, you're like, holy crap, from King's Fall, that new weapon, oh my God, you have to get it. To yeah. get that back. That'd be, that'd be that'd great. Be awesome. And that is actually back, a good yeah. point. Like, players in some capacity feel like things are being taken away from them, but they're not. Like, you can still use the weapon. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. not, there's all kinds of things you can do in the game, especially now that Taken King's coming out and introducing a lot of new activities where you can go back and not necessarily have to use your A, you know, a plus elite set of gear and weapons. Like, if you want to go back and feel a little nostalgic and jump into Vaults of Glass and 
bring out the old fate bringer like they brought that up on the stream mm -hmm. like that's something you can do and it's an option for you. Yeah. It's not like yeah, I mean, it's being dismantled for you. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Crucible, you're still pretty set. Obviously, with Iron Banner and Trials, yeah. you know, maybe... Crucible, you, know. you can still use these weapons, and players yeah. that are going to experience year two, they said, yeah. like, they might be wondering where you got your Fatebringer and why you're using it in Crucible. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it'll be an equal damage rating with yeah. the new and stuff. And I mean, honestly, that's just the nature, like, that's the nature of an MMO game. And not that, like, they've been careful to say that Destiny is not an MMO, but it has MMO-like features, and we kind of come to understand it in that framework. But, like, in World of Warcraft, like, the gun, or the, the weapons and the armor that was prominent and undisputedly the best in Vanilla WoW changed to Burning Crusade and then was again outdated with Wrath of the Lich King and there. Mm -hmm after every iteration and that's just the nature of it you know like you kind of got to get used to the idea that the same weapons aren't going to be as powerful in the long run because mm -hmm. what kind of game is that right like what yeah. if you were in like you pointed out earlier like mm -hmm. what if you were in year five and you're still using that fate bringer yeah. because it's still the best like that mm -hmm. wouldn't be very fun would it yeah totally yeah and it's arguable for house of wolves right like the thing that i chased was etheric light so i could take this old weapon and just use it in the game and so i think you know it is as simple as with taken king they're going they're knocking you down a step by forcing you to say no nope, you've got to get new gear the chase is on again so i do like that but the feeling they've created again though is like you have all these powerful weapons and so it's going to be a little confusing at first to be like wait i, I can't you know bring that forward mm -hmm. but uh but that'll only be temporary so it yeah. really depends on the weapons they have right mm -hmm. um Honestly, that's everything. Like, you're not going to care about Fatebringer if there's a better hand cannon. And honestly, and I'm, really, yeah, I'm yeah. looking that's forward simple. to this, like, you know, two-week to month-long period of just, like, Everybody's everything is, yeah. Out. That's no, what I'm everyone, saying. Everyone is figuring out. Like, no one knows what is the best way to play now. I mean, everyone, at this point in the game, everyone knows, like, if you want a PvP, you need a Thorn, you need a Last Word. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it is. Yep. In PvE, you need, like, you know, a Fang of your Ute, or you need, like, a, a Fatebringer. Mm -hmm. uh, or you're not really doing it right. Yeah. With Taken King, like all of that's going out the window. There's going to be all new weapons, and we're all kind of kind of be in this mad scramble to kind of figure it out. And yeah. that's going to be fun. That's interesting. With mm -hmm. new weapons, we're also going to be working towards new gear, and uh, the light level is going away. Yeah. So. Well, no, it's not going away. The light, the light leveling mm -hmm. system is going away, but light will still be there. As yeah. level affects your, uh, sorry, as light affects your level cap. Yes. They're separated now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something that they confirmed on the stream but have been a little cagey about the details of what light will specifically do. Mm -hmm. But we know it does something. Uh, I guess the question here is, like, what do we think it's going yeah. to do? But first, let's just clarify, right, that the level cap is 40. They've yeah. confirmed. And now through just submissions and achievements, et cetera, you will get to level 40. Through mm -hmm. a normal progression. Wearing light. Like killing stuff. That's right. Yeah. Wearing light does not matter. What they haven't quite confirmed how it works is as you step into Taken King, if you've already been playing, you will be set at the max level that you're at. However, it figures out, you know, what gear you have that makes you who you are. Because sometimes I go to the tower and I'm wearing my like level 20 gear just for mm. fun. Really? I don't, yeah, of course. I call it my casual tower. Oh, gear. yeah. That's we've right. had that discussion. My <laughs> ropes. But, you know, the point is casual I, gear. Yes, yeah, right. I don't think you have to worry about. Be, oh no, I was wearing this gear and it set me at 20. Mm -hmm. And they've confirmed you will not get reset to 20 if you've, you know, you're well yeah. past that. Mm -hmm. So I think all it's going to do is figure out you have enough gear to be 34, you've made it, you're 34. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think that it's just that. they'll they'll set your character at whatever the max level you've achieved was on any of your characters. I like that yeah, they're exactly. I, it's yeah. that simple, right? Yeah. I really like that they're getting rid of the light leveling system because it's going to increase diversity in the tower, you know, like oh, totally. yeah, so, no one's going to look the same. Everyone's so going to look totally different. They're the going to be able to wear their lounge wear as their main gear. The so announcement right. kind of, 
I'm still of two minds on it because I, I, I understand why having the light leveling system pigeonhole people into particular gear pieces, and I don't think that that's the way it should be. You should be able to kind of mix and match towards your style or towards different armor stats. I like that. At the same time, I kind of lament the fact that they've now separated the light from the leveling system, and now we're back to a very traditional experience-based system when light presented you with the opportunity to do something unique and interesting, right? I brought up the idea of uh, Diablo 3 has this thing where when you get to the max level, you can continue farming and doing things that give you Paragon points, mm -hmm. right? And then you can allocate Paragon points to different statistics that made you even more customizable, right? So, like, perhaps you allocate, allocate, uh, allocate Paragon points towards, like, increased attack speed or increased health regeneration or increased armor for damage reduction. And it's like, if light worked that way, that would be awesome, right? Because it's still a useful stat that you want to farm and it rewards players for, uh, and incentivizes them to play more. And it still makes it valuable, right? Now it just seems like there's no, re everyone's at the max well, level anyway. We don't really need light. Well, but that's what this now question is, right? Yeah. So to go back to that, what do we think light will influence? They did basically allude to and say, light will dictate you gaining entry to certain things hmm. they didn't quite That's put it that way but it was like you know depending on your light level you'll get access to certain things but mm -hmm. i took that as maybe to maybe get into the raids like you the have raids to have or maybe the strikes a certain light level or, or parts of the raids you need a higher See, light well maybe there's be, a wouldn't that be worse though because now like i'm the max level i have great gear but now i need to farm this arbitrary statistic just for entry that well, would but be wait, even worse your right? your gear still has light and light still affects the gear it doesn't affect your level cap, and that's what this is all about. Sure, but doesn't that still pigeonhole you in some way to getting that gear, that particular that gear to be able yeah. to get in the raid? Yeah, but... That doesn't really solve the well, problem. Well, if, maybe if it's a raid, but I guess the point is there might be, let's say it's special missions, right? But mm -hmm. I could imagine a world where it's like, okay, now I have to use my gear from King's Fall, which has this light level, hmm. just to do this mission. You know, maybe it's something like that. Um, again, you have to equip this light whatever light's going to do. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like the whole game, you now can't do stuff. That's what they've solved with the level cap, right? Is that you can go and you can play all this stuff without too much issues. But, um, but anyway, that's my idea. I feel like it would make sense for that. Do you guys think, what else could it be Actually, for? no, you bringing that up actually made me think of a lot of different ways that light like could be used as a, as a statistic within particular events. Like maybe it does things like, the more light you have, the faster your super recharges in during this one thing or something like that, right? Yeah. Or like the more light you have, the more damage resistant you are to a particular type of damage in this raid. Like yeah. something like that. That could be really interesting. Mm -hmm. And that could be new mechanics that we haven't seen in raids or strikes before, which could be interesting to deal with. Yeah, I don't know if like the light level should make you stronger. I don't know if that would really work. I feel like it might unbalance the game. But it might like work with the weapons that you have to make them act differently. Sure. I'm not really sure what they're going to do. Stronger, I guess, is not the right terminology mm -hmm. if that's what you inferred from what I was saying. But, mm -hmm. like, again, going back to World of Warcraft, there were encounters with, like, frost worms where they mm -hmm. did a lot of frost damage. And in order to survive this massive amount of frost damage, you needed to have a special type of gear that gave you frost resistance. What if light was that statistic, right? That, like, in yeah. different raids, it provided you special allocations mm -hmm. to deal with damage or do bonus damage or increase healing over yeah, time or just any number of statistics that could change the way players are interacting with strikes and stuff because mm -hmm. right now it's kind of just like 
Go to the strike, kill the thing. Kill everything yeah. and get out and mm -hmm. take as least the least amount of damage that you can, but not really because they weren't that hard anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they balance it because like <clears throat> I don't know, like meaning now you think about it like, okay, I don't have to worry about switching my gear around and my level dropping. Mm -hmm. At the same time I do think there's a special feeling of wearing the right gear for the right stuff, you know? And mm -hmm. so yeah. I think they still want to retain that and I think light has something to do with that. Um it, we'll goes, it goes back to something that we, you know, we actually asked um, Eric in our interview uh, that he wasn't able to specifically answer. But, like, you know, maybe this lays the, way, uh, lays the foundation for set bonuses in the future, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're wearing two out of the three of the Kel Hunter's set path, you get ten seconds off your golden gun or something yeah. like that. Yeah, know? that'd be cool. Class-specific mm -hmm. set bonuses that incentivize players to wear X number of pieces of gear yeah. Yeah. from a set. The other major topic we need to talk about is uh, the new vault system. They've kind of hinted that they're going to change it in some way to make well, it work. They confirmed. Yeah, yes, they, they, they are. They confirmed that they are addressing vault it, space. Addressing it. Addressing yes. it. Yeah. But they already addressed it once. So that yeah. is the. Yeah. They have not said it is a hundred percent solved because what does that even mean? Yeah. Well, um, so, but they well, seem. Inkling, they talk your inkling about, is that it is. They're right. strutting around right now that, <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to say, they're like, come watch, you know, we're going to do a big reveal later. Yeah. We'll talk about the vault then. It's obviously one of the most wanted things right now. So I do feel confident in Destin. You brought up a good example with shaders of how yeah, they saw so that. Like, so maybe, they're like, if you've unlocked a shader, you're just going to have access to it. Maybe it's kind of like that with guns. If you unlock a gun, like you unlock Paperinger, you will have access to that in some way. Now we talked yesterday and I brought up the gunsmith. They said they're reworking the gunsmith. Yeah, I was going to say you had a unique theory of how this might integrate mm -hmm. with the gunsmith. Yeah, they're going to make... Care to elaborate? Yeah, they're going to make him like useful, right? They said that. So like, what if you were able to just buy any of the guns that you have unlocked at any time if you need them. So you just like go to the gunsmith, suit up with your weapons you want. I actually like that. Like more he's like your arsenal keeper or a quartermaster. Yeah. I don't like the idea of having to buy them again because mm -hmm. if like I got the drop and it's mine, can't you just hold it for me? Yeah. Like just hold it for me Maybe and pay let me rent, grab it pay if a glimmer I rent. want it. Yeah. But, but you, you bring up a very interesting point and that's kind of, I, I was, I was, maybe being too optimistic um, and thinking that it might be that way for the vault, but like imagine there is no vault. Yeah, <laughs> right? what if they just got rid of it? Like that's kind of like the shader thing. They're almost saying like, you just, well, they didn't quite confirm it, Wait, but it was almost like you just have access to it. The point is everything now is trapped in, okay, these six things or nine things on the left of what you have equipped. Well, why does it have to be that? Like what if you select your primary, you know, and then you select what you want? I mean, that, mm -hmm. that would be the easiest thing to do. Like, you select gear, right? You just select it. There is no vault. That would be awesome. From just, like, like a, drop a down list? Or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. But that, that's okay. where, that right, in a sense. game like this, I think the reasoning behind vault was, like, right, organization and all that. But, you know, maybe they've got a way of addressing that. You know, maybe there is no vault. Um, that yeah. would sort maybe of break the design of the game, wardrobe. though. Like, what would, the, what would then now, there's the tower that has a vault. And yeah. So, I, I, you know, that's my dream is that it's all just there because mm -hmm. I really don't like wasting time. Yeah. But uh, maybe they've come close to that. Um, Even but otherwise, maybe they gave us, right, the shelves, the, you know, the way to organize and a ton of limitless space, actually, yeah. to just store stuff. Yeah, because you can buy stuff at the gunsmith right now at any given time. How hard would it be to just let him have a bigger inventory? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I do think in Taking King that they've solved a lot of those. It, like, we've always talked about on this show is, like, that 
fundamentally is something really easy to solve, right? There's a bunch of ways to make me not waste all this time in, okay, I gotta go back to the tower, yeah. I gotta do this, or wait, I'm on my phone putting this thing away, oh wait, it's on my other character, let me, you know, like that's oh, yeah. kind of a ridiculous thing to have in a game that actually is this polished. Yeah. And I do think that they've heard it loud and clear, they've experienced it themselves, so again, I'm being optimistic, but I feel like Taken King, you know, which they've said is, you know, we got them to talk about it right in the, the first part. They've said definitely, you know, it's, it's over twice as much, you know, stuff and content, you know, that you're going to get out of it. So I feel like they've made some really important fixes like this. Yeah, so definitely. The last, so. the last thing we were going to talk about is Dinklebot is getting replaced by Nolan North. They're taking out all yeah. of Peter Dinklage's lines and uh, replacing it. How do, we, how do you feel about that? Why is this such a big topic? Yeah, we it's all said immediately. Because it, they're literally removing an actor from their product. Yeah. And but that's yeah, I mean, surprising that what they I, would do that. What but we I, all wanted that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I mean. I don't know. I mean, did me. you guys want it? I know some people wanted it. You, when you asked Eric, you interviewed Eric the other day mm -hmm. and you bluntly put it, you're doing this because people had a negative reaction to yeah. it, which I thought was presumptuous because mm -hmm. sure, Maybe his performance as the Dinklebot. They have a ton of money. They could have just hired Peter Dinklage again. No, but here's you the know. thing is like, but, Peter Dinklage is, it's not just money. That dude is so busy nowadays. Yeah. Like he's one of he was Hollywood's busy when, top properties. Well, maybe not when they recorded it because Game of Thrones hadn't really hit yet. Had it? Uh, when they recorded his depends. dialogue, like know. that could have been. But even so, right? Like, long before still, Game yeah, of Thrones, veteran yeah. actor, top quality guy. Mm -hmm. Not really a video game person, and I'm mm -hmm. sure, like, and I've, wor I've worked with and talked with actors who've done both, and mm -hmm. it's a very different way of recording. He may just not have felt it really well, and I think that comes across more than just, like, he didn't really work out for him. Like, I don't think people were, I don't think people were very <laughs> apprehensive about his performance. Do you? Like, were people out there like, this yes. is really bad? Yeah. I thought it was a, it's so, yeah. like, I love Peter Dinklage on Game of Thrones, um, yeah. and he's a great actor. So one of two Sounds things like happened, I up, think. Yeah. Like, what's it the line? It did oh, sound like one of two things happened. Yeah. He called it in. He really didn't care. Phone he got paid in. a ton of money. Not literally called in, although they do that with VO all the time. Uh, or on the other side, like, yeah, it was like rushed and misdirected mm -hmm. and maybe even from the top, right? They said no, right? In the same way that Paul McCartney plays that really weird song in the yeah. credits. <laughs> yeah. And like he basically <laughs> said, yeah, you know, I did it for the money. Like, yeah. uh, you know, maybe that's what happened. But either way, like when I heard it, I was like, and I love, you know, VO. Um, like, yeah, um, Commanders like, of Vala is, is awesome. Yeah. Um, great choice. We were just talking about him and like Dinklage was so out of place. Yeah. So I guess for me personally, I was so happy when they were like, we're getting rid of him. And sure, I understand the controversy of like, how can they do this? He's already in the game. But I was like, good. We all wanted yeah. it. Well, a lot of people I felt like wanted it. So I love just Nolan to double North, check so. him. I, it, like I wanted him. It's perfect. I mm -hmm. can't. Well, I hope that Nolan sounds right. That's mm -hmm. the next question. What if Nolan but, also like gives a weird performance? He'll probably call it in on that guy. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not joking. saying he'll call Nolan's it in, awesome. but you're he's still playing awesome. a robot ghost. Like, mm -hmm. is he going to be smarmy? But he's playing a robot. Oh, he has so a lot of the same lines. Yeah, how does an actor address that challenge? Actually, that's a really yeah. good question, but I have that's one you'd have to ask Nolan North. That right? line is still in there. That well, wizard came from the moon. Didn't they like remove he's that still, line? I think they removed they that did, line. They did. They yeah. did. They took that out, and now they're taking out the well, No one has I done mean, this for a long yeah. time. I mean, What's a crazy line agree? that you can think of? <sighs> They've awoken the hive. Yeah. How many times do you have to hear yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I am not for or against them 
removing or replacing. But this mm -hmm. happens all the time, right? Like if voice actors get replaced all the time in all sorts of mediums. It's yeah. not like, it's not as if this yeah. is unprecedented. Actors get replaced. I mean, yeah. yeah it's but, <laughs> and even in Game of Thrones, yeah. where it's actually kind of like, yeah. that's a thing. But uh, what is great is that Nolan North has been working in this particular medium as an expert, oh, yeah. as an expert at the very highest level for many, many years. Like if anyone's going to do a great job, it's this guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's probably, even if he is like the best in the business, he's probably way cheaper than Peter Dinklage. So probably yeah, it's not about money in the end though. Like you said, I mean, I really feel confident that look, here's what I think happened. Let's just, let's just go down that road. <laughs> okay. Cause if I'm wrong, who cares? It's a, it's yeah. a fun story to play out. I think they were pushed to have this iconic person in the game. Yeah. It was a huge new franchise, and from the top, they had to find someone. They said, he's one of the hottest people out there. Yeah. Let's get him in there. And he got pushed in, and then it turned out, like, didn't it have a lot of time with him. Not, maybe not the greatest to work with. And then they might have even needed pickups and stuff, and he's not available. Yeah. And so you go into, like, now year two. And, and then if, if you're Peter Dinklage and they want more lines, and you've had this huge exactly. backlash, he's like, no way. Yeah, exactly. I am not doing and that. And yeah, that, maybe that's part of it, too, yeah. is he's like, nope, not, maybe he didn't want to yeah. do more. But I really think it's more the other side, which they were just like, you know, I want to get out of that world as we go into year two and then three. You know, you need some consistency. I'm excited. I'm excited so to I'm, I'm curious to see if Nolan does his yeah. normal, you know, type of voice or if he tries to do something different. He, uh, I Honestly, always thought he mostly sounded, you know, Sully. like Drake and so on. <laughs> um, and Desmond. And I always, Terrible impression. Yeah. I always thought he sounded like those characters. And he came in Nigen once and he did like a Joker voice and it was like oh, spot yeah. on. He's great. Wow. So cool. I, it would be, that'd be an interesting take if he has like a very particular voice for this. Yeah. Um, part, of me, part of me would have wanted to see them just really work closely with Dinklage to nail it and yeah. let him make it his own. But, yeah. but be both, parties, both parties need to want that, you know. Who's, your, who's your favorite uh, voice talent in the game? I think mine's Petrovenge, thinking about it. She just has a lot of attitude, and I like how she delivers her lines. You kind of got the hot story, don't uh, you? <laughs> That's no. what this is about. I, <laughs> Do you like Eris? You like the bleeding eyes? Uh, I think it has yeah, to be absolutely. Eris? No, well, uh, my favorite, but it's actually hard for me to choose, but um, you know, I'm a little there, biased. There's an NPC in the tower for a future war cult <laughs> that I love. Like, she's a voice actress that sounds a lot like uh, Tally or yeah. uh, from Mass Effect. She does. And... Uh, I really like her, but she just stands there and kind of mumbles to herself. Well, you might, in the new Taken, yeah, they talk they, a lot more cinematic, seeing what's going on at the tower. Maybe these yeah. characters are expanded. I'm like, excited about that. Yeah, I mean, think I of think, seeing I the faction leaders in cutscenes. Yeah. I mean, like, you I already heard could, a lot more dialogue going on in the very first story mission, which, by the way, I got to play that for the first time at Gamescom yeah. today. You guys played it at E3. Mm -hmm. yeah. But even in that, there's a lot more radio chatter going on. A lot Just of banter, great yeah. banter between the characters. I'm excited to yeah. see more of that. So I'm sure it's expanded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and they've mentioned that a couple of times mm -hmm. that it is. But the answer to the question, I think they have some great voices. Uh, I'm a little biased because I know Morla, who's Eris. Yeah, and she does awesome. She's your favorite. I actually, you know, funny story. I don't remember if I told her. Do you want to call her? One of the, I could. <laughs> yeah. It's like she answers. <laughs> Crota. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I love her voice. Uh, Zavala is great, but actually the queen. Uh, is an awesome voice. Yeah, yeah that's actually a lot of powerful awesome. females in Destiny. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say my. But I'm gonna go with the queen, is... actually. Okay, oh, cool. just okay. such a cool queen of the voice. reef. Yeah, uh, underutilized too. How come mm -hmm. when we go to the reef, she's behind this wall? Like I want yeah, to I go talk to well, her. Well, yeah, maybe we'll get. To Probably see they her. couldn't get the voice actors <laughs> for the. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I would have to say mine is the speaker, only because the very first couple of lines I was like, what? "Is this Bill Nye?" 
He yeah. sounds like Bill Nye. <laughs> this is, he's and a little he says, flat. Like, that's, no, yeah. I mean, he's flat, but that's why. It's like, I don't yeah. like him. I, he's not my favorite because he's the best. I think he's my favorite because <laughs> it's there's strange. a lot of really funny lines that yeah. he delivers very flatly. Mm-hmm. Like, early on, when you first get into the story, he's like, I could tell you about this great war between the Traveler and, like, <laughs> the darkness. And then, he, and then I'm like, okay, tell me. And then he's just like, <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> he just goes on. No, wait. He kind of yeah. always does that. And then there's this other one where it's like, Dinklebot's like, this is the speaker. He's, tra- he's broadcasting on all channels, and it's like, oh, man, the speaker, he's talking to all gardens right now. This is going to be important. And he's like, we can't let them get this engine part. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst. Like, that's why he's my favorite, because there are a lot of those moments in the campaign. So you like his like, lines, though. It's funny, <laughs> That's yeah. different than the voice. No, but it's, I was it's, going for the it's, sound. it's yeah. part and parcel, right? Like, it's the lines, but it's also the delivery. Like, wow. if it you was know? a better delivery... Maybe it wouldn't. It maybe would have landed better. You, you know? know who else is really good? The Hunter Vanguard, because it's uh, the dude mm. from Firefly, Nathan oh, Fillion. I'm not a hunter. Nathan so Fillion really is the is the Hunter Vanguard. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Really? Yeah, I forgot about. He that. has some great one-liners down there. Wait, really? really? How did I not know this? Yeah, yeah. just go down there not and listen to him sometimes. No, he has a lot of funny liners. I have a 34 Hunter. Yeah, but that's weird. Well, you probably never go there because you just buy your. Buy your gear and leave. You oh, know, that's so true. you don't really I hang out. Maybe have not ever even talked like, to the hunter. I would run down there and he'd be saying stuff, and it's like, what? Why? What? Like that's how they utilize this amazing they have, voice. They have record. some great voices in the yeah. game. Nobody's gonna go with uh, Lord Chex, huh? Chris yeah. Who is that? You're crushing it, Guardian. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. All right. uh, I have I have some beef with that dude yeah. because early on in Destiny when I was playing, I'll like, give him Crucible, the mercy, mercy There'd be world. like. He would say things like, it's almost over, or like, you've got this in the bag, and then I'd look, you've and it's like... You've got this, Guardian. Yeah, he's like... It's yeah. like 5,000. Yeah, no, that, or like, <laughs> you're 5,000 points away, or there yeah. was one where he was like, that's it, Guardian, like, you're almost done, and then I look, and it's this close, and we are right at neck yeah. to neck, and I was like, I like, let up for a second there, yeah. like, I gave up before the race was over, yeah. and... Then you it's, lose. I blame it on cues. that guy. Uh, yeah. you, Some he, of the cues are yeah. weird. He's one of the people that you hear the most, though. I will say, at first, I was like, what is up with this, like odd choice this very like almost theatrical Formal, yeah. british voice for like the crucible you know you're yeah. used to like frank double, yeah. double kill like all that i wanted stuff. to differentiate the product but yeah. once i started playing i was like i love his voice in there it's like yeah. a lot of fun it's just the way the lines are you know put in but anyway well, yeah now it kind of i've gotten a handle on crucible but early on it threw me off when it was like you're almost there and then the, the five <laughs> minutes left in the game still yeah. you know like yeah, there's a lot of great voice talent. I'm excited to see what Nolan yeah. North does. Can you guys do any impressions of any of the? Oh, I am terrible. Um, let's hear an impre- so no. one impression from everyone. Pick, oh, uh, so pick bad. one, and let's all greetings, Guardians. <laughs> That's oh, barracks. That Trying my barracks. <laughs> all right, what do you got? Oh, die! I'm not making fun of you. Uh, <laughs> Fran, go first. I'm going to decide who. Uh, <laughs> Well, I already did. Uh, do Eris. You, you want to do Eris. No, I cannot do it. Obviously, I can't do Eris. Actually, your Zavala, Zavala was pretty good. Yeah. On the well, I'll do that one. one. All right. Uh, we've stepped into a wall with the Cabal. <laughs> wow, that's really that's good. That's pretty good. It's not that yeah. bad. God, now I feel so embarrassed because I'm going to make a fool of myself. Who that was the point. Do? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to channel my best Bill Nye. Message for Shex. <laughs> Message oh, for Shex. Oh, that's a pretty easy one. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a robot. Um... <clears throat> Sending failed, sending failed, sending that, failed. What sending is that? Is that the same postmaster? Yeah. yeah, they'll say weird stuff like that all the time. Uh, I'm going to do the Cryptarch. And I don't know the line, except he goes, 
Now that's what a real Cryptarch can do. Or see oh, what really? a real Cryptarch can do. My Cryptarch The one okay. in the, the reef. The reef one. That's the reef that. one is pretty uh, snarky. Yeah. I like his stuff. This is what good. a real Cryptarch can do. Nice. That's what he says. What's well, it, guys? To your order, guardians. <laughs> that's my <laughs> bad impression. That? That's, that's my one bad of the characters in the, the tower. Yeah. It's, the, it's the Cryptarch in the first tower. So. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. Rahul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Thank you guys for joining us at Gamescom. Thank my you pleasure. for joining us also. Uh, Fran, do you want to do any plugs here at the end of the show? No, I do too much every time. We're going to take yeah. a break on this one. We're all too tired for it. But you yeah, can find definitely. me at Fran Mirabella mm -hmm. uh, on Twitter. Sean? I'm at... I'm Vinnegan. It's been a long show. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at I'm Vinnegan. That's a little bit more clear. I'm at Destin Legary, and until next time, Guardians, Guardians out. out. Oh, I should have had you guys do Guardians Out. Guardians Out? That's Guardians our end out. of the show. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a good idea, Destin. It's too late I now. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.